The single biggest mistake tradie and service business owners make is not regularly measuring the performance of their business. Now, it's kind of like playing a game of football and not knowing the score. You just wouldn't do it. But we keep doing this in our businesses. Tune into today's podcast where we talk through why it's critical that you measure your business performance regularly. Welcome to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business to make more money, get some time back, and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy, and don't forget to follow. Howdy there, team. Uh, TFJ, Tony Fraser-Jones here, uh, the Profitable Tradie Podcast host with my co-host, Phil Smith. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, always good, mate. Ticking along. Ticking along. You're feeling good, feeling great. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of enthusiasm there, mate. Well, I mean, I like to, you know, come in nice and slow and then and just, you know, build just, up. just build that tension and then just bang, hit it later on, Yeah, Yeah. You don't <laughs> need to do a block, uh, you know, lap of the block and come back as a, you know, more, enthusiast, myself. more enthusiastic version of yourself. Well, you know, I was actually doing cartwheels before this, but um, I thought I'd tone it down just before we... Before we get go. started, yeah. This is an important topic though, man. What are we what are we digging into? So today we're digging into how important it is to measure your business performance. So both, you know, financial and also your key performance indicators that drive that financial result. So I think the majority of business owners review that result uh, with the accountant after the fact, which is kind of like trying to drive a car while you're looking in the rear view mirror. It's not that helpful. Um, and honestly, it's all really in the past. So uh, put another way, I mean, you wouldn't play a game without knowing the score. Uh, yet lots of business owners are way too busy or they just lack the knowledge to keep score of their business. Or they track a few things, but not everything that's important, which is kind of like knowing the score, but not the opposition score. So either way, it's not that helpful. Yeah. Uh, and we want to make this a, a wee bit easier for everyone today. Like if there's one thing that we can get businesses to do that, that we work with, it's to measure their results. Uh, because everything changes when you start doing this. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're kind of not doing that at the moment and you're listening or you're doing it a little bit, this is going to be uh, unbelievably helpful. It'll really help you get your head around why you need to do it, really. Totally. Yep, massive. And I'm sure you got a, a story to kick us off. i got a story. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit scientific and out there, but I think it, you know, demonstrates the point. Uh, in, in physics, uh, there's something called the observer effect. And the best way to explain it is really to give an example. Now, let's say you want to you know, check the, the air pressure of a tyre, I mean, a car or truck or your bike or whatever. It's actually really difficult to do that without actually affecting the air pressure of the tyre. You know, normally when you, you put the valve on the um, on the tyre, uh, you know, the little bit of air gets let out and some, some escapes as you measure the performance. Now, the same sort of thing happens... Well, that's called the observer effect. So it means that you know when we pay attention to something, we look at something, we observe it, we measure it. Uh, it tends to change that thing, yeah. Just because we're paying attention to it, uh, which is it kind of buzzes me out because we see so many of our members have amazing uh, transformations in their business just by doing this stuff. Yeah, and it's almost a little magical, but it works. And and when you drill into it, it kind of makes. Yeah, it's kind of common sense. Yeah, um, yeah. And like, you know, an example is, um, uh, I can remember a, a client that we worked with a few years ago, had a relatively large business uh, doing 2 or $3 million in revenue. Well, not huge, it's, you know, medium-sized business. Had massive cash flow problems. Like they owed the tax office uh, over $200,000. They were struggling to pay their bills. The stress levels were, you know, huge. They had like 15, uh, 15 people in the team. Might have even been 18, somewhere around there. Uh, and 
they had no real understanding. Well, they knew that they had no money. That was obvious. I mean, yeah, well, you, know, you see that most, in the bank account. Yeah, you right? see that in the bank account. Most mm. of us measure that. We, we got a pretty good idea of the bank account because uh, it's right there, and particularly if it's low. But they had no idea of the other numbers in the business. And the first thing we did was start to measure the gross profit margin on on particular jobs. So start actually measuring jobs. And yeah. the first thing we found was that um, you know these jobs, their the gross margin for for the jobs they're doing is around twenty percent. Mm. which is uh, not good. Horrible. Yeah. It's really hard to make money at that level. Pretty hard. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, well, it's 20%. We knew that was horrible. Uh, and then uh, these these guys, uh, Mark and Bevan with their names, started to look at this mm. and look for the reasons why this was happening. Uh, and they started back costing the jobs, figured out they had a couple of clients where the margins were really, really low, you know, 15, 18, 19%. And those particular jobs, one of them was with a particular client, a large group uh, housing company, and uh, you know they figured out that hey, these jobs were like fifteen to eighteen trips to each job just for a, a relatively simple house. Yeah. And it's like okay, well that's a problem, right? Hard to make money uh, plumbing out a house when you you know that many trips to site, and then why why is there that many trips? Well, it's because there's disorganisation. It's because we're not ordering stuff, or we're letting the client, uh, you know get us there when they're not ready and we're having to come two or three times just to, you know, finish things off. Mm. And so a whole bunch of other stuff comes out of the woodwork when you actually start measuring the numbers and that's, you know, how it works. You actually pay attention to it, you turn your mind to it, and you start looking for the reasons why. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of simple, but it's kind of magical too. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of simple. It, I mean, I think the thing here is like, it feels magical, but there's actually not that much magic to it. I mean, if you do look, you will find. If you don't look, you can't find, and if you can't find, you can't improve. It's really that simple. And um, I think, you know, this really does apply to everything. You know, whether you're looking at your numbers and you're seeing the story that's there, or whether you're looking at results that, um, you know, you're measuring through the business in terms of KPIs or staff, like anything. If we look, if we keep score and, and we actually, you know, people know we're looking as well, you find other people tend to lift their game too. Um, you know, I always think back, uh, I think my mum was the master of this, actually. Uh, she used to do this thing when I was in uh, primary school, elementary school, where she'd tell me, every night I'm going to check all your homework. And I'd be like, oh man, all my homework. And so I'd go and I'd just make sure all my homework was done. And I only found out later in life, she'd actually only checked like very small part of it. But I thought she looked at all of it, so I got all of it done. Um, and it's the same, you know, like when you're looking at stuff, you know, my mum was, was looking, you know, technically, but she was only looking at a small portion. But because I knew she was looking, I lifted my game as well. So I think there's a dual benefit here, you know, where... You look, you do find, and the stuff that you can influence, you can influence, but also you look at other people's stuff, and they tend to influence their results too, Yeah, uh, just because they know you're looking. Yeah. Your mum's smart, Mike, by the way. Uh, very clever. <laughs> she had one other little trick with that as well, where she'd, uh, she'd go through, and whatever she checked, she'd say, I'm not sure that's done, and I'd be like, oh, God, and I'd go back, and I'd re, you know, redo it, and I'd tweak things up and make it better, and I only found out later that she didn't even really look at it. She just would say, I'm not sure that's done, knowing that I probably had been lazy and I'd go back and do better. She so knew you too well. She knew me too well. But hey, look, I think it's that whole thing. If I, if I know someone's looking, I'll lift my game too. Yeah. Uh, a couple that we worked with, uh, Jason and Kirsty. one of the things they did was actually start checking the gross profit margin on every invoice mm. before they actually sent the invoice. Uh, so, And they had a target for where they wanted those invoices to sit. Whereas before, they'd just 
you know, slap a margin on the materials and, and obviously have their charge out rate. So it was like time and materials, cost plus. Mm. But now they're actually aiming for a specific gross margin on each job. And if the job wasn't where they wanted it to be, they would tweak it. Yeah. Uh, and that drove a 14% increase in their gross margin across the board by paying attention uh, yep. to it. It's unbelievably powerful. Yeah. Well, if you don't pay attention, you can't see what's there. Simple as that. Simple as that. And and how often do we get stuck in the day-to-day, look, I've just got to get the job done. Uh, I've just got to get the invoice out. You know, and, and, and like that's kind of all we think about. Mm. Whereas really what we need to be thinking about, well, you know, my three rules in business. Number one is get paid. Yep. That's the most important. Number two is get paid well. And this is what margin is about yeah, as well. Number three is obviously get paid consistently. You've got to do a good job and get repeat business. But, um, 100%. you know, super important. So if we don't have a process for dealing, uh, you know, with this kind of stuff yep. and actually measuring what we need to measure, we're going to run into some problems, right? Well, just fundamentally, you just don't get the results that you deserve or that you want or that you need to get. Your results just aren't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have very little information on why your results are where they're at. And I think this is a huge thing. Like, you can get incredibly frustrated, you know, bash your head against a brick wall, but, oh, I haven't got enough money, and, you know, we don't seem to be making that much profit. But if you're not really digging into it, you don't understand why. Yeah. And that is massively important. There's a flip side to that as well, where you might think you understand, uh, which is actually just as dangerous, right? Because if I think I understand what's going on, I'm going to run off and take a bunch of action to correct whatever I think is wrong. I might be barking up the wrong tree. And now I go and I spend all this energy and time and effort and brain power and put this in place, that in place, drive the guys. And it it turns out that what I'm trying to improve isn't even an issue. And there's another issue that I would have seen if I actually just looked properly. Because often, you know, if it was something that's as obvious as what you thought, if you don't confirm that, then hey, look, you might just be reverting back to just your, your safe comfort zone of the stuff you know. Um, yeah. And you'll just improve the same thing every time and you know, there'll be diminishing returns on those improvements. Whereas if we're looking, we find there's actually more to it than we thought or there's a different problem and, and now we can be a lot more specific and, and actually affect some, some real change. Well, there's a classic problem here that just jumps to mind when you're talking about that. Uh, and it's when uh, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. So you, you, know, you may be really uh, you may understand your revenue and your or your sales and you you see some of the jobs you're doing and that you know the big jobs they might be hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars depending on you know the type of work you do and you're like really excited by that and like oh man this is this is awesome we you know these are big jobs mm. and you get really excited about them like oh, I want to get more of these big jobs but when you actually analyze them and look at the profitability they can be absolute you know dogs abs- dogs absolute yeah. dogs and yep. and you keep trying to get more of these big jobs and effectively what you're doing, if you think about an aeroplane, you're just flying it towards the ground quicker and quicker yeah, and eventually you're going to run out of runway because you just run out of cash. Mate, there's so many examples of this. I mean, I'm just thinking about a couple of calls I've had this week. Like, I mean, one, one of our guys we've been talking to, um, and he was adamant, adamant that uh, his GP had been declining because he'd been looking at, he'd actually been looking, he just hadn't been looking that much. All he'd been looking at was the GP result. And he said to himself, he's like, oh, it's because we've been working with this one client, you know, the margin's a bit low, blah, blah, blah. We dug into it a little bit deeper and we looked at, you know, who was on each job and what type of job it was and things like that. And what we found is that the only actual correlation between the lower GP jobs was one particular member of his team (laughs) that was on every single one of them. Um, And so what we did is we swapped up his teams and we moved that guy, swapped him for a guy in another one of the crews. um, And we found that, the new crew he was in, their jobs started having lower GP 
and the crew he went out of, uh, their GP jumped up immediately, and we just found out it was that guy. You know, uh, so the thing is, is you might have an assumption, but it might be wrong, and so unless you look, you, you can't find. Uh, yeah, real important. What's that for saying about assumptions? Assuming something. I think it has an a, ass out of you yeah, and me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some yeah. sort of swear words in it. Some cuss words, but yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, but you got to be very careful with assumptions because numbers tell you the story, uh, plain and simple. And if you don't have the, the information, you're going to make some bad decisions. Yeah. Well, or not make decisions at all sometimes. Well, mate, I'm just thinking another another business. We had uh, one of our boardroom squads this week and uh, been looking through um, GP trends with one of the clients. Noticed that uh, his GP tends to be super low one month, super high the next month, super low one month, super high the next month. And so we determined it's probably work in progress. What's actually happening is he's not measuring work in progress properly. And so he's spending a lot on materials in month A and then invoicing all those materials month B. And that's what's going on. But then what he hadn't realized is that every now and then there'd be two low months in a row. And I said, that's a bit weird because you'd think you'd be bouncing back month to month. So we looked a bit deeper into that and found out that actually that work in progress thing was true, but it had been masking some really bad pricing. Um, because in those low months, he's like, well, it's low because we bought heaps of materials for next month. Mm-mm. But he didn't look any deeper. And because he didn't look any deeper, he missed the fact that there was actually a lot of really underperforming jobs in there. Um, because he should, if that was the case, he shouldn't have had the double ups. You know, It should have been pretty even. And I can say categorically that those people who crush it, you know, whether it's plumbing, electrical, painting, glazing, tiling, landscaping, whatever uh, trade uh, or service, you know, you're in, is that they're on top of their numbers, like all over it, like a rash. Yeah. Any good business for for that matter. 100%. Yeah. 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 Like, show me a good business, I know they're across their numbers. Otherwise, how'd they get there? Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Look, if we get this right, though, we get some pretty big benefits. Well, I think the key thing is you, you actually, and we, we've touched on it, you, you can make changes because you understand the drivers or what's actually going on, so you can make decisions based on facts, not on assumptions or, or gut instinct. Mm. Uh, you get better results, 100%. And I think an important thing that, um, and, and if you're listening, you may feel a little bit out of control sometimes. You don't quite know what's going on. When you know your numbers, you actually feel in control of your destiny, mm. you know, it's better if it's not going well. It's better to know that it's not going well and to know why, so you can do something about it, rather than just sort of fumbling around in the dark. Well, that, that is not fun, and that really mm. does mess with your head. That's it. That's it. You don't want that. You don't want to mess with your head. You don't want to mess with your head. Business is hard enough. There's enough shit going on in my head anyway, <laughs> mate. I don't need to add more. Well, that is true. <laughs> um, mm. I wonder if we should just talk briefly about what gross profit is, because we've talked about that a bit. Yeah, uh, and it maybe, might help. yeah, maybe if you're listening, you're not completely clear. This is the fundamental thing I think y- you need to understand. Gross profit is the the profitability of your job. Yeah, and that's the engine room of of profit in your business and what generates the cash. So, really simply, it's you know your revenue for a job less all the direct costs of doing the job. So that's your materials, your direct labour, any equipment hire that you need to do to do that particular job. It doesn't subcontractors. include yeah, subcontractors perhaps yep. as well. It doesn't include all the overheads of running your business. So. Yeah, we've got to make sure that is profitable, and mm-hmm. it tells us two really important things. How good is our pricing? Yep. How are we putting enough fat in the job at the start? Yep. Because if there's not enough fat when you price it, you're basically screwed, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the second part is how uh, productive are your team? So are they getting through the job? You know, based on the estimates uh, and the materials that you you know that you put in the price. Simple yeah. as that. Simple as that. And I think the big thing, guys, is when you hear us talk about what's a good GP or a bad GP. I mean, we say. 
you know, earlier the example, 20%, the reason 20% is not much good is because as a gross profit number, you still have all your fixed costs to come off that. And for most trades businesses, your fixed costs or your operational expenses, um, your overheads, uh, whatever you want to call them, um, the fact is, is they're probably going to sit somewhere between 18 to 28% of your revenue. So if your gross profit is only 20% and I've got to take 18 to 20%, 18 to 28 off that, uh, at best I get 2% net. Yeah, you got a problem. Uh, at very best. Yeah. So, so, so well, that's why it's a problem. Yeah, to flip it another way, your gross profit has to pay for your overheads and your profit. Yeah. And you should treat profit like a like an overhead. You know, you need profit to be factored in. It's yep. not something that's left over. You, you build it in at the start. Uh, that's right. Because you deserve to get paid. Otherwise, why would you be in business? It's actually quite hard work sometimes. Yeah. And if you're not wanting to make profit, I've said it once, I'll say it again. What are you doing? Well, no, no, yeah. no. More than that. Deregister your business and re-register as a charity. Because if you're not trying to make profit, just be a charity. You'll pay less tax. It's great. Yeah. I, I, what's that Wall Street, you know, with Michael Douglas? Greed is good. Yeah. I don't agree that greed is good, but profit is good. For all profits necessary. I mean, the definition of a business involves making yeah. profit. Yeah, commercial right? profitable enterprise. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And so if it's not profitable, it's not a business. It's an it's a non profit. So charity. Charity. Charity is good, but not in your business. That's right. Make enough profit that you can give charity hundred you know, percent. I like that. <laughs> just from your profits. That's fine. Like. Yeah. Does my head in when I see uh charitable trades businesses. Yeah, well, I mean, who are you being charitable to? Like, you've been charitable to your general contractors, your builders. I mean, you've been, you know, charitable to the school you work for. I mean, that's great. Like, nice for the school, but like, you can't stay in business that way. And then, yeah. how are you going to help the school in the future? So, Hard for your family and you as well. That's it. Anyway, how do we do this, mate? Well, I think the the first thing I I think is let's understand that business is a game. It's a game. Yeah, uh, it's a fun game too. Like, it's great fun. Yeah, uh, and when you play a game. You need to know the score. Yeah. And your financial numbers tell us the score. 100%. So let's treat it like a game. We want to know our score, the opposition score, you know, so we can figure out are we on track? Yeah. Are we winning? Yep. That's uh, it. And so that's important. Now, you, you're not going to know your, you know, your competitors' scores, but your, the, the, what you compare to is the benchmarks and your budgets. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, you're competing against yourself anyway, yep. right? Yeah. Like, I think that's a really important point. You don't need to know your competitors' scores in terms of, uh, you know, competing businesses. Like, the fact is, is like, I mean, we won't get into an abundance mindset too much here today. I think it's a whole other topic. But um, I think the real fact here is you're not really in competition with other people. You're in competition with you. Um, and you need to beat your own scores. That's, that's what this is about. And I think, like, there's always a temptation, just one thing that I think crops up a lot, is a lot of people don't look at their numbers because, honestly, they don't want to see because uh, they know it's not pretty. Um, and I think like that's actually a big risk, because if you think about sport or, or anything else where you keep score, um, it's important to l- see your losses. It's important to know what your deficits are. Well, that's, you know? how you w- that's how you learn. Yeah, I mean, if I'm losing, I need to know by how much, or otherwise, how can I ever catch up? You know, like that's that, that's a big part of it. So I think the thing is, don't be afraid to see your numbers, guys. So even, if, uh, even if you know you might be in for... Uh, some disappointing yeah, ign- results. You have to look. Yeah, ignorance is not bliss, and ignorance no. is no defence uh, with That's this it. stuff. Yeah. Um. So there's a really uh, famous uh, business writer. He's dead just now, Phil. Oh, you uh, love that. Song. Yeah, I do. Tony always loves to say he's dead just now. So uh, look out for that. And I reckon any time you listen to the podcast, if you hear Tony say he's dead just now. 
Um, you know, maybe chuck a dollar in a in a jar. You'll well, be rich soon. What you should do is you should like the podcast and leave us a review so everyone else can hear the goodness. I think that's what we should do. Such anyway, a plug, such, uh, a plug. such a plug. Um, and he said, what gets measured gets improved. So I think that's huge. It's like the observer effect. What gets measured gets improved and what gets measured gets done. 100%. So two really important things there. And you know, like we said, we, there's no point running a business if you can't you know, know the score. And I think many people do that, not only because they are a little bit um, concerned or afraid to find out what it is, but they're actually just too busy. Yeah. Which is a terrible excuse. Yeah. It's it's like the most BS excuse ever. Like, how can you be too busy to figure out whether you're the game you're playing, whether you're winning or not? Yeah. And I, and I'm, I, I say that with love, and it's like a if you're listening, and I know you're probably busy, and you're like, well, you know, I am flat out. You probably need to give yourself a little bit of an uppercut. Yeah. Because this is the whole point. Yep, that's right. Was it too harsh there? No, that's uh, a super important point. So, hey, if anyone took offense to that, uh, I think really important thing is stop, take a breath, uh, don't picture Tony's face just for a minute so you calm down. Uh, and at that point, just remember that probably if that hurt, the reason it hurts is because you're not doing it and yeah. it's true. So like, honestly, and, and, like this is a wake-up call for yeah. you. And if you, can, if you can plumb out a house or wire a house or build a, a garden, you're smart enough to figure this out. Because I think That's this it. is another thing. Sometimes, you know, as tradespeople, we're like, oh, well, you know, I'm sort of blue collar and I, you know, I wasn't in the, the top class at school and blah, 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 blah. That, that's just, this stuff, you can understand this, 100%. Oh, mate, honestly, I hate that. I hate hearing people say that because, honestly, like, if you're smart enough to wire a house, you are way smarter than most people. Like, honestly, 100%. like, that's not an easy thing to do. You know, like, honestly, like, trade trades work is hard. It takes a lot of brain power. And it takes a lot of physical effort as well. It's yeah. it's really a, a very difficult thing. And I think the thing is, is like this stuff is not rocket science. You know, if you don't understand it, it's just because no one taught it to you. It's actually not that hard. And you definitely can do this. 100%. So, 100%. Yeah. Um, get into it. Yeah, I mean, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're smarter than the average person anyway because you're actually someone who's invested in your learning. So you'll be fine. That's it. Um, the thing is really simple. And I think we've talked about it. You know, when you measure performance... Uh, when you do it, you compare it to some sort of standard and then you start asking questions about the results. Mm. So when we talk about standards, we mean, you know, you've got a, a budget or, or some benchmarks. Yep. Now, benchmarks are, like we use benchmarks in our Million Dollar Trading Program. We know what sort of gross margin particular businesses should be hitting. We know what sort of net margin they should be hitting. Mm. We know what a good labour utilisation rate is. Yep. And so let's say, for example... Uh, you know, a gross margin of 40% is the benchmark. Mm. You do your monthly P&L and you're like, well, my gross margin is 33%. Okay, well, it's it's 7% below the the good benchmark for my type of business, so I need to start digging into why that is. Yeah, that's uh, it. As simple as that. You know, and if even if you don't have some benchmarks, just take your figures for the last two or three months and start using them as a benchmark and trying to start beating those. That That's a really good place to start. Yeah. And it's that classic uh, competition against yourself. Like you think about someone who's playing golf. Um, if I know that the benchmark for the for the course and uh, the pro tour is that people usually hit about seven under and I'm currently making par on that course, well, then I know I've got to drop seven shots if I want to play at the highest level. You know, if I want to be able to win this uh, this this round, this uh, this championship... On this course, uh, benchmark seven under. So you know that's that's my goal. I know what I need to do. How this works and why why this works is, let's say, uh, you you do have your your profit and loss, and you had a thirty three percent gross margin. You know the mar the the, the benchmark's forty percent. You start 
investigating. So you look at all the areas that could affect that. And, you know, the first area you look at is, well, how's my pricing look? Uh, is there opportunity to tweak the pricing? Can I put uh, my hourly rate up? Can I put a, a bigger margin on materials? Can I maybe create some differentiation in my my segments? So my, you know, my, um, like a classic example is maybe, you know, if you're a plumber, your gas work is, you know, has a slightly more technical nature and that should be priced at a higher price. Yeah, well, it's uh, a skill not everyone has. Yeah, so you, 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 you tweak that up. You'll look at, hey, how many trips to to the merchant? How many trips to the the actual job site were there? Did that match up with what I projected? Did my labour estimates match up with what I projected? Well, actually, I you know I estimated thirty seven hours and this job took fifty one hours. What happened? Yeah. Oh well, you know there were some mistakes made. I had a couple of callbacks. I had to, uh, you know maybe maybe the guys didn't test the, all the you know the range hood and the, and the lights uh, after wiring the house up and a couple of them didn't work. Well, then I create a, a quality assurance process to have that stuff written down so that it gets ticked off and doesn't get missed next time. So it drives the actions and the projects that you need to do to actually improve it. That's that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, and there's levels to this, guys. Like, you know, I mean, like on the on the face value, first thing you want to do is look at your jobs. You know, if things are jumping out where it's not matching up what I projected versus what, what actually happened, um, you know, sure, we want to look at what went wrong and, and how can we improve that in the future. But I think the next level to this is is looking at the trends in your numbers. I yeah, think this huge. is crucial because, you know, if, if we're looking at like back costing our jobs, for example, and essentially what we're looking for is discrepancy between what I estimated would happen and what actually happened in real life. And the discrepancy is most likely going to be labour. Because if you have a huge discrepancy in materials, that probably should have been a variation and you should have charged for it. Yeah. So honestly, Which may be a thing you're figuring out. Actually, there's a whole might. lot of variations I'm not charging. I'm like, just yeah. giving stuff away for free. Exactly. So, I mean, that should be an easier fix. <laughs> but on the other hand, like the blowouts that you'll probably see, the big discrepancies, are more likely to be labour. And if you go through and you're finding that, you know, there's blowout in labour here, a big discrepancy in labour there, the first thing you're going to do is probably go back and talk to the guys. And when you talk to your team, what are they going to have? Starts with an E. Oh. <laughs> excuses. Yeah, I was going to say explanations, but I don't think well, so. Well, explanations, excuses, whatever Same you want to call them. But I think the thing with this is it's easy to say, ah, ah excuses. But the real thing with excuses, often they actually just make sense. Um, like, you know, if I say, hey, Tony, what happened on this job? Like, big overrun with labor. And you say, well, shit, man, I turned up, builder wasn't even there. I couldn't even get into the, you know, into the property. And, you know, I was trying to do this and do that. But, like, no one was ready for me and I had to sit around for an hour. What am I going to do? Uh, I'll talk to the builder. I mean, like, might change, might not. But the fact is, if I look at your last 10 jobs and I see that six out of those 10 jobs you had an overrun with labour, I'm like, well, you know, I could look into them and probably each one might have an individual different excuse. But the fact is, more often than not, you overrun with labour. So I've got two choices. I need to make you faster, which is hard, or I need to put more fat into your jobs because maybe you just don't work as fast as I do. And maybe I'm, you know, doing my estimates, my pricing. Maybe I'm doing that on how fast it would take me. But I'm a better tradesman than you. That's yeah, why I, like I run the, the business, yeah. you know. So I think the fact is when you look at the trends, often the reasons can start to actually become less relevant or the reasons stand out more. For example, the one I talked about earlier, where we found the only real correlation in the trend was the particular tradesman on the job. Or it might be a particular client you're working for. It might be a particular type of job. You know, maybe when I replace a, a faucet, a tap, you know, we're always way under labour. But when I've got to put a whole vanity in, um, you know, maybe we overrun every time. Yep. 
So look, it's it's one of those things where when you look at the trends, often you see a much more concrete reason that you can action a you know, yeah. lot, and, lot and, more deliberately. And the key thing with all of this is that you're getting feedback. So if without measuring your numbers and having some sort of target, you get no feedback, you can't improve. That's really basically what it is. It's like you, yeah. you're just constantly a never-ending improvement of your results yeah. when you measure them. Uh, if you don't measure them, you can't do that. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about, like we've talked a lot about why this is important. I think that was what I really wanted to share today because, mm. um, you know, if you're not doing this, I want to light a fire under your butt so you actually yeah. start doing this because this is... Please start, guys. Th- please. This is honestly, crucial. This, this is incredible. Like we find that the people we help with this will get anywhere from a 5 to 10% increase in their in their um, gross profit. Mm. Now, if you are doing $100,000 in revenue a month, that's five to $10,000 extra gross margin a month. Now, that's $60,000 to $120,000 extra gross margin a year. And I want to jump on this for a second, Tony, is that's extra gross margin. It's probably actually extra net margin as well because in order to find this, you probably haven't increased your overheads. Not at all. So the fact is, is that gross goes straight through to your net because no extra overhead comes off it. So it's it's literally just money in your back pocket. It's amazing. And yeah. if you're not doing it, then you're leaving money on the table. I just encourage you with that. You know, five to ten percent. That's normal. Yeah, uh, totally. But the things that we you know we need to measure. There are some things. You know, base level. I think we 100 percent need to measure, and that is, you know, revenue. Yep. So how much? How much are the sales? Well, everything comes off that, yeah. right? I mean, like, because I could have a 50% uh, gross profit, and that's great. Um, but if that's a percentage of a low number, it's, it's a low dollar yeah, figure. Yeah. Whereas 100%. if it's the same percentage of a higher number, it's a higher dollar figure. Yeah. So, yeah, revenue is important. So revenue is important. Your gross profit is Massive. massively important. That's gross your job profit, performance. Yep, that's your job performance, both the number and the percentage. Yep. Your net profit. Uh, both as a number and as a percentage. Yeah, well, that's why we're in the game. 100%. Yeah. That's that's what we get at the end of the day. That's what we get to pay tax on. Happy days. Yeah, yeah. Happy days. <laughs> You're welcome, government. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we should definitely be measuring our accounts receivable yep. and our accounts payable. So accounts receivable is money owed to you by the people you've done jobs for. Yeah. We want to track that to make sure we're getting paid on time. And accounts payable is obviously the money we owe to suppliers. Yeah. So we don't want that to blow out. Well, this uh, is crucial because a lot of the time we can look at our revenue, our gross profit, our net profit, and we say, I'm making money, Yeehaw. but why is there nothing in the bank? <laughs> we ain't getting paid. Yeah, you're not getting paid. Or or maybe you know, you're know you really diligent with your payables and you're not so diligent diligent getting those receivables in, and so you're always in a cash gap. You know, I mean, yeah. there's, there's lots of things here that you, you can find. Yeah, so we want to do that at least every month for those things, revenue, GP, net profit, receivables, and payables, at least every month. At least. At least. We definitely want to measure labour utilisation, which is like, you know, what percentage of the time are we chargeable? Yeah. Uh, that's that's huge um, as well. So th- those would be the starting point. There are lots of other stuff that you, you, you know, definitely can do and is helpful. But if you just did that as a starting point, it will make a huge difference. It will give you kind of the, the big picture view of where you're at. Yeah, and if this sounds like gobbledygook to you, just remember we, can, we teach this stuff to our clients probably in under a month. Like the basic financial literacy is is actually really easy to get your head around, guys. Like this is it's not rocket science. It's numbers on a page. It's literally basic addition, basic subtraction. Yeah, you know, you'll you'll get this real quick, super yeah. easy, hundred percent. And uh, you'll thank yourself when you do. Uh, and look, we this is so important. We actually have a KPI system uh, for our clients. So every month they will uh, submit their profit and loss in their balance sheet. We send it away somewhere and some cool stuff happens, which I don't understand. Well, I know what happens, but, you know. I don't know how to do it, though. All those little automations that happen. There's a bunch of stuff that happens. But basically what they come back with is, you know, the trends and all the information about where their financial's at. 
it's, it's just such a foundational skill. That's why we put so much effort into it. It's kind of like if you want to be healthier in life, just get a good night's sleep because everything's easier. Mm. Same with your business. Like doing your numbers is like getting a good night's sleep. It's just yeah. if, if you don't do it, actually nothing else is really going to work. No, nah, totally. So, you know, got to do your financials. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, kind of like in sport, right? I mean, there's fundamentals you have to have. You know, if you, if you play for most sports, um, if you don't have some level of base fitness, uh, you're going to struggle. You might have all the skills in the world, but if you can't play for more than five minutes, you're going to struggle in the game, aren't you? Right. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing, guys. Like this is this is base level, fundamental stuff. This is, you know, your your fitness, if you will, um, that you need for the game of business. 100%. If you don't have accounting software, then you need to get it. Uh, and that can be, you know, there's a whole bunch of them. Intuit, QuickBooks, Zero, MYOB. There's a bunch of them out there which are pretty easy to use. So definitely get that and... You know, you really need a job management system as well. Job management software, which, you know, you can put the uh, the pricing into and uh, order the materials through, put the labour against and do the reporting and the costing uh, mm. in there. That's going to make, you know, you can do all this by hand, but why would you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can sit there, and especially if you've got volume, man. Oh, I mean, like, you can't keep it, up. That's, that's just going to take too much yeah. time. So Your job management software did it in, like, instantly. Yeah. It's, yeah, it makes things a lot easier. It does. Yeah, sweet. All right. All right. Well, those are the things to do. So should yeah, we land this plane? We should. Uh, look, your business is the most important uh, game that you play for most business owners. So I think it's absolutely vital that you keep score so you know whether you're winning and what you actually need to improve on. And the act of just keeping score regularly will dramatically improve your results. And I guarantee that. So remember, what gets measured gets improved. Thanks heaps for listening, and we'll catch you all again next time. See you later. Thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading, and it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, join my free Facebook group at profitabletrady.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Trading in the YouTube search bar. Or four, book a free 15-minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at profitabletrady.com forward slash podcast call. Or if you can't remember any of that, just check out the session notes.